0: Moms, I know divorce can be really messy, but selling your engagement ring can actually be quick, easy, and stress-free with Worthy. Worthy uses their expertise, technology, and connections to get you the absolute most for your jewelry with no hidden fees. Plus, just for my audience, Worthy gave me a special offer to share. When you sell your jewelry through Worthy, you'll receive a $100 Amazon gift card when your jewelry sells for over $1,500. Ready to move on from your ring? Head to worthy.com slash moms to get started today. That's worthy.com slash moms for the special bonus offer. This week on moms moving on.
1: So when we talk about trauma from a divorce or separation, we're talking about the parents inability to meet the needs of the children and the unmanaged conflict. So. If we have a case where there's very low conflict, then we're just gonna be focusing on the needs of the children. Are they meeting the needs of those children? However, if we have a case where there is that conflict, even if it's moderate conflict, yes, that's gonna create trauma and that's gonna impact the child.
0: Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back, everybody, to another Moms Moving On. And I have another guest with us who's been on before. This is her second time. We have Elle Barr with us, who is a guardian and works with popular co-parenting app, Our Family Wizard. Elle, thank you so much for being here. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me back. You're back in 2023, doing great things as a guardian. And it was you who first enlightened our audience to ACEs or adverse childhood experiences, because any mom going through the divorce process wants to avoid damaging their children as best they can, right?
1: A hundred percent. Yep. And ACEs, just as a reminder, it stands for adverse childhood experiences. And those are traumatic events that occur during childhood. And in the mid-90s, Kaiser and the CDC, they conducted a really important research study where they took a deep dive into the effects of exposure to adversity during childhood. They broke those down into 10 different categories, 10 different ACEs. And the final ACE is parental separation and divorce. So Mm. that is considered... A traumatic event during childhood, but it doesn't have to be. We know how to prevent it. We know how to mitigate damage if it's already caused. And there's a lot of tips, a lot of advice that I am excited to share.
0: Um, And I'm excited for you to share them. Can you give everybody a little intro to yourself if they're just getting to know you? Sure.
1: I am a family law attorney. I'm based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My primary role is serving as a guardian ad litem, And in that role, I represent children who are impacted by the divorce or separation of their parents. I conduct investigative work where I go out, I interview the children, the parents, teachers, therapists, uh, parenting coordinators, divorce coaches, everyone and anyone who's involved in assisting the family during a divorce and separation. And I serve as an arm to the court as a third party neutral, where I report back to the court and I provide the court with recommendations as to what is in the best interest of the child or the children who are impacted by the divorce or separation.
0: It's such critical work that you're doing. And I'm inspired by you every time you talk about it because we, as a society, you know, divorce has become a very big business for lack of a better term. And it's the business of separating two people from a marital union, but we forget the most important people in that separation are the kids. And they're so often, I don't want to say overlooked or neglected, but everybody, the adults are so focused on their own emotions. And it's like, well, what about the kids? And, and that's where people like you come in, but we want to talk a little bit about trauma today to you guys so that you can understand what it really is because not everything negative your child experiences is a trauma and it's important to know that so you don't sit here feeling guilty for yourself but I'll I'll let you take the reins on that L let's just understand trauma at the base level
1: all right thank you let's unpack it so what exactly is trauma my good friend Miriam Webster, her definition. <laughs>
0: Do you know her personally? Do you guys go to lunch and stuff
1: <laughs> all the time? Trauma is a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. So when we think of trauma, we have to think of the impact of that deeply distressing or disturbing experience. And we also have to keep in mind that it's not just this event, it's also the lasting emotional response that results from living through this painful event. So you have your life quake, that's your trauma. And -hmm. there's three types of trauma. There's acute, chronic, and complex. So when you're going through a separation or a divorce, you're going to be experiencing the chronic and complex trauma. So I'll break it down for you. Acute trauma, that results from a single incident. So let's say you're in a car accident, boom, you're rushed to the emergency room, the trauma team comes in. That's acute trauma. Chronic trauma, that's the repeated and prolonged trauma. That's like domestic violence or um, some type of abuse or neglect that goes on over and over and over again. Or it's that constant conflict between the co-parents and the struggle where you just can't communicate and going back and forth and back and forth. And then there's the complex trauma and that's exposure to multiple traumatic events. And so when we think of divorce and separation for the parents
0: and for the children, we're thinking of chronic and complex trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, And so how much, you know, let's, let's take the average divorce. Parents, you know, just fell out of love. There's no real high conflict behavior. It's your typical, you know, settle and mediation. Parents have 50-50. Maybe there's disagreements here and there. What is, where would we classify that kind of trauma for the kids?
1: So when we talk about trauma from a divorce or separation, we're talking about the parents' inability to meet the needs of the children and the unmanaged conflict. So if we have a case where there's very low conflict, then we're just gonna be focusing on the needs of the children. Are they meeting the needs of those children? Mm -hmm. However, if we have a case where there is that conflict, even if it's moderate conflict, yes, that's gonna create trauma and that's gonna impact the child.
0: Okay, that's very good to know for anybody listening. So what do we need to do? So the number one
1: question I get from parents is, what should I do to protect my child? The number two question is, what do I do if my child has already been impacted? What if there's damage? Have I ruined my child? Did I destroy my child? And my answer to those parents is always no, capital N, capital O. (laughs) There are ways to prevent. There's a way to mitigate. We (laughs) can't. repair and we can heal from the trauma.
0: It's so, you know, it's funny, but it's not funny how much pressure we put on ourselves as moms to get it all right. Even like in a non-divorcing situation or not having to do with divorce. I'll never forget the first time I yelled at my, my daughter, cause I was just at my limit. I was new to single motherhood and she was two. And she'd gone into the pantry while I was busy doing something and opened up a Um, container of almonds and dump them everywhere. Like anyone knows almonds are expensive. Okay. And it was on a single mom budget and I just lost it. And she looked at me and she's like, mommy's scary. And I, to this day, like I've talked to my therapist, her therapist, like, is she going to remember that forever? Like, is she screwed? And they're like, oh my God, like you got, you really need to get a grip here. And I think most of us do. So I'm happy we're breaking this down for everybody.
1: Yes, and everyone needs to be kind to themselves, especially when they're going through a divorce or separation. It's a challenging time. I call it catastrophic for some families when I go out and see what they're going through. So yeah, there's no perfect parent. And sometimes we are not happy or we are sometimes embarrassed by the way we react or respond. But again, you're in control of those reactions and we all make mistakes. And the beauty in that is that when we do we could use them as an opportunity for growth and a way to learn. And we be- we become better parents and be better people because of those mistakes.
0: Yeah, and I, I I have found in my own relationship with my daughter that owning up to my mistakes and apologizing for them, not just like furthers our, or deepens our trust, but also gets her to see that like, it's okay to be human. Like I don't need to be perfect because mommy's not perfect. Anyway. Absolutely. I'm getting ahead of myself. So let's go back to your number one question that you get. How do you prevent your child from being traumatized in the divorce process? Right. How do you protect your children?
1: So preventing exposure to childhood trauma, it's a hundred percent possible. There's many steps that parents going through a divorce or separation, they could take. There's a lot of layers and there's a lot of different players who are going to be involved, and it's going to be a comprehensive approach. You're going to need the involvement of not just your co parent, but your counsel, uh, medical providers, educational providers, mental health professionals, and everyone who's working with that family. If you've your divorce coach, your parenting coordinator. And the very first place to start is educating yourself. When we know better, we do better.
0: Here's my question, though. You're saying that you need to involve your legal counsel. If you want to prevent trauma, you have to fight less, right? Now, what if your lawyer is instigating or suggesting you fight harder or fight more?
1: That's a good question. And that makes me think of um, the marriage story on Netflix. Um, If you have an attorney similar to the mom's attorney in that movie, then you need to be really careful and you need to think about the choices that you made is this the right representation for you and for your family? Mm -hmm. I would, again, go back to educate yourself, be aware, understand that high conflict is going to impact your child. It is an ACE. It's going to cause negative health outcomes for your child. And so I would direct these parents to all the resources that are available. The TED Talk by Dr. Nadine Burke-Harris. The best.
0: Do you know that I? ever since you sent me that, I show it to everyone in all my workshops. I think it is the most eye-opening, amazing TED Talk I've seen.
1: Yeah, she's incredible. She's the Surgeon General of California. She's a huge advocate for raising awareness of ACEs. And she just puts it all together and provides this beautiful, detailed overview of the study and the finding all the findings and the science behind those findings. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a wonderful resource. The next resource is numberstory.org. It's a three minute test. You could log on, you could find out your own number. How many ACEs were you exposed to as a child? It'll give you information and tools on how to deal with your own trauma. It really takes away the stigma of ACEs and it gives people an understanding that this is the way our bodies and our brains are designed to manage stress and it makes you feel normal. It makes you feel okay about what's going on in your life and that your kids are going to be okay. And then the final resource I share with parents, and especially if they're in a high conflict divorce and they have an attorney who's ready to go in and fight, it's the Children's Bill of Rights in Divorce. And this was drafted by Dr. Robert Emery. It's Mm -hmm. a guide. Are you familiar with it?
0: I sure am. And I give it to all my clients.
1: Right. It's great. It's a wonderful resource. It's not law, but it's very helpful. It's insightful. And in this bill of rights, it outlines 10 rights that children deserve when their parents Mm -hmm. are going through a divorce or separation. And the few that I like to highlight for parents when I share this resource is it gives children the right to be loved and to love both of their parents without feeling guilt or without disapproval. It um, gives children the right to be kept out of the middle. So yeah, you're not putting your children in the middle. You're putting them front and center. It Mm -hmm. gives children the right to um, not have to choose one parent over the other. And it gives children the right to be a kid. Kids,
0: that's my favorite one. Your (laughs) child has a right to be a child. And I'm sorry to interject, but you know. My daughter's amazing in so many ways and she's smart and she's gifted, but she's also really mature. And every time people comment on that, I'm like, well, it's because she's had to be right. Like sometimes I envy the, the children of my friends who are so innocent and so like unaware of things outside of like their home that, you know, you, you forget that. Children of divorce, even in the best case circumstances, have to grow up a little more quickly than other children. And that right to be a kid is just so touching.
1: Yeah, they sure do. And so take a look at this Bill of Rights. um, If you're comfortable with it and you have an attorney um, who is a little more aggressive, talk to your attorney about this. Let your attorney know that you wanna insert this into your settlement agreement. Or if you've already reached an agreement and this is post-judgment or post-divorce decree, come back to court, petition the court, do an addendum and add this in and make this an agreement and follow it. It will 100% assist in preventing trauma. And if trauma has already occurred, it's gonna mitigate the damage that's been caused.
0: They're calling it the Bible for all divorcing moms. I can't believe it, but that's what they've said about my book, Moms Moving On, real life advice on conquering divorce, co-parenting through conflict, and becoming your best self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and come out on the other side, me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self and create the life you truly deserve. It's available in paperback, hardcover, audiobook, and Kindle. So go get my book. I promise you won't regret it. Class is in session and it is time for you to master your divorce. I am Michelle Dempsey-Multak, the creator of Moving On School, and I want to welcome you to Moving On 101, the one and only class you'll need in order to master the concepts of getting divorced and co-parenting your children so that you can truly move on. In this eight week program, we'll meet week by week to help you move past each phase and first of the divorce and co-parenting process so that you can move on in an empowered way while making the best decisions for your children. Visit www.momsmovingon.com to apply for our next semester of Moving On School coming in January. How important do you think it is, because I get this question a lot, to get your children into therapy when you first get separated?
1: I personally believe it is extremely important. They are processing so many emotions and to have a third party neutral who's experienced in assisting children processing all those thoughts and feelings, it's vital because we know our feelings as adults, those feelings, they become beliefs. So even if those feelings and thoughts aren't based on reality, they're just going through our head and we're thinking this and that.
0: They they create their own narratives.
1: Yes, yes. And then their actions are based on those narratives. So the thoughts and feelings become the beliefs The beliefs inform the actions. So it's really, really important to have all the supports and services you can for your child and especially having them with a therapist who's working with them and helping them get through this really, really challenging time.
0: I hear from so many parents like, oh, no, my kids are fine. I mean, they're happy. They don't mind going to dads. They're, you know, and I'm like, okay, but there's a lot they're not telling you because they're worried about you. And I myself was that child. And that's why I'm so passionate about, or an advocate for therapy for children.
1: I agree. And children, often they want to please their parents. They want to keep them happy. And we know that coping skills, they're built. And when you put your child into therapy, they are going to learn the coping skills that they need to become resilient. So even if they say, oh, yeah, my child's okay. And your child's in agreement. I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't need therapy. There's so, so many benefits. And that's the number one benefit, those coping skills that are going to lead to resiliency that will last a lifetime through adulthood.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So let's go back to preventing the trauma. A lot of women that I work with are working really hard to not engage in conflict and their exes feel otherwise. Their exes are very high conflict and they want to keep the the drama going and fighting constantly. What is the likelihood that a child with one reasonable parent and one unreasonable parent will suffer the consequences of adverse childhood experiences versus having two unreasonable parents who are constantly fighting?
1: I think if there's conflict and that conflict's not managed well, even if it's just one parent who's engaging the conflict, the child is still going to be impacted. And we all know we could only control ourselves. We could only control our own thoughts, our own behaviors, and our responses. So, One of the most important things I tell parents, it's one of the hardest, but most important is that you have to let go of things that are outside of your control and you need to accept it. I remind them of Elsa. I say, you know, let it go, (laughs) let it go, let it go, because we know those forces beyond our control, they can make you feel like everything's being taken from you but you always have your freedom to choose Mm -hmm. how you are going to respond to that situation. So Mm -hmm. be intentional, be mindful, do self-editing, check in with yourself. And it's also really, really important to put your energy where it counts, put it into your kids. What do your kids really need? Manage your expectations and learn how to work with all of these difficult emotions and build your own coping skills. Just like you're concerned about your children getting everything that they need, work on your own skills. Set the example for your children. Be who you want your child to be. Um, Cultivate a home environment where there's love, kindness, respect, positivity. And this is going to keep the that focus on your child. And it's gonna help protect your child from exposure to adversity. And then finally, you say this all the time, trust the process. The process is the purpose. And there's a quote that I love. It's gonna sound really familiar to you. I'm gonna read it. I have it on my phone here. When all else fails, remember that it takes a storm to bring a rainbow. Diamonds are made under pressure. You cannot live your best and boldest life, appreciating it fully without experiencing the other side. Better days are coming. Trust the process.
0: I love this. And I po- it's so true. And I posted a video on what happens when you've been so traumatized or so let down in your life that you can't even trust yourself, let alone the process, right? Like, it's so hard to trust the process when your trust has been violated so many times. And I spoke to the fact that like, the process is the only thing you can trust. Maybe you can't trust yourself right now. You can't trust your spouse or soon-to-be ex-spouse or co-parent, but you can trust that life is always going to be a process and a learning one at that. And I think that's so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. There's so much to be said for looking back in hindsight and and what you've learned and you know those days that you felt you were the worst mom and this was the worst divorce ever like I talk about it all the time if you ask me 6 years ago i had the worst ex husband the worst divorce the worst co-parenting relationship and now in hindsight i cry thinking over how blessed i am to have the ex husband i have and the 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 father to my daughter that he like all those things and my divorce process mind you was like minimal like drama at best. It was so benign. And in the moment you have to own the fact that it sucks, but it's not always going to feel that sucky.
1: Right. And the process, it really is the purpose. When you get to chapter five and you look back at chapter two or chapter three, you realize, wow, I went for that. I had to experience that for a reason.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's talk about God forbid our children are traumatized, okay? And we're now thinking like, that's it. I should just give them back because I can't do good anymore for them. Well, how do we How do we reel that back in and mitigate the effects of the trauma? That's a
1: great question. I'm so glad we're gonna go through this. Um, a lot of parents, they start to lose hope and they're concerned, is my child ever going to be okay? Have I ruined mm-hmm. my child again? No, you haven't. And there was a study that it took place very, very recently. And it was a study conducted on positive childhood experiences. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to go through that. Let's unpack that. So PCEs, it's an acronym just like ACEs, Adverse Childhood Experiences. PCEs stands for Positive Childhood Experiences. So over the past few years, researchers, they've started to look at the impact of not just adversity during childhood, but positive childhood experiences. And in 2019, this was right before the pandemic hit, a team of researchers at John Hopkins, they took a deep dive into how PCEs helps protect children from the effects of traumatic experiences during childhood. So the researchers, they identified seven PCEs. They surveyed Six thousand plus, I think it was six thousand one hundred and eighty-eight adult participants, and they asked them about their exposure to these seven PCEs. So, what do you think the PCEs are?
0: Um, positive childhood experiences. I don't know. Hugs, kisses. (laughs)
1: Snacks. (laughs) Exactly. People think about um, vacations, parties, treats, gifts, things that are tangible, but. What they really are, what the researchers asked these participants, they asked them how often or how much as a child did they feel able to talk to their family about their feelings? Um, how often or how much did they feel that their family stood by them during difficult times, enjoyed participating in community traditions, felt a sense of belonging, felt supported, had at least two non-parent adults who took a genuine interest in them and felt safe and protected by an adult in their home. These are the seven PCEs. And so what the researchers found was a direct connection between exposure to these seven positive childhood experiences and improved health outcomes later in life and specifically improved mental health. So what we learned from this research study is that Children who experience PCEs during childhood, they feel safe and protected. They develop healthy attachments. They feel more connected. They have a greater sense of community and belonging. And then finally, They have lifelong positive memories that are gonna last and stay with them forever and ever and ever. They become adults who can ask for and seek out help when they need it. And one of the very most important findings of the study is that increasing positive childhood experiences, it leads to resiliency and it improves coping skills in childhood and through adulthood. It is the gift that keeps on giving. So really, it is one of the greatest gifts of love you could ever give your
0: children. I love this. And that is so inspiring for all of our listeners who are sitting there thinking, oh my God, uh, my child heard me yell at their dad. That's it. It's over. Because this is why I, you know, in my book, I talk about journaling so much. Like I very often will have my clients take a notebook, draw a line down the middle, Sometimes they're writing their what-ifs, their worries on one side and their reality on the other. And if you're listening to this, I want you to draw a line down the middle of a piece of paper, write some of the negative things you think your child was exposed to, and then fill the other side with all the positive to remind yourself that there is a lot more positive in your children's worlds than negative. You just, our brains choose to focus on the bad stuff for whatever reason.
1: It's true. I read recently that... The average person has around 20,000 thoughts a day. 80% of those
0: thoughts are negative. That's horrendous.
1: Right? <laughs> and That's 90- like
0: really depressing.
1: And 95% of those thoughts are repetitive. So we all seem to have a negative bias and it goes over and over and over. So you have to be very, very mindful and thoughtful. So when you put down your thoughts, what did I do to my child? How am I going to improve that? Think about these seven, seven positive experiences, just giving your child a hug like you had suggested at the beginning. Yes, that's a PCE and that's going to help them in ways that you don't even realize.
0: Right. Yeah. Amazing. So it's not hopeless, is it?
1: hundred percent not. Choose love, transform those outcomes, engage in positive childhood experiences, divorce and separation. It does not need to be an adverse childhood experience. Educate yourself. Knowledge is power and don't ever lose hope. Be intentional and put your energy into what counts and what matters,
0: your children. Amen. I posted something last night, Elle, that said every minute you spend focusing on your ex or responding to conflict or plotting your revenge is a minute you take away from spending with your child. And it's just not worth it because that time passes very quickly, as we all know. This is a perfect place to say how much we're grateful for you, Elle, and the work that you do, both uh, with our family wizard and in the family court system. You inspire me to actually want to be a gal that's like in there somewhere uh, marinating for another time when I have more time. But for everybody listening, thank you for being here. And I hope this podcast gave you hope. We'll talk to you soon, Al. Thank you. So you want to be a divorce coach, but the term divorce coach is a broad one because there is just so much you can cover in the world of moving on. Maybe you find yourself gravitating towards clients with high conflict co-parents, or perhaps you have a knack for helping women pull themselves out of bed when they feel overwhelmed with single mom responsibilities. No matter your ideal client, the one thread that will unite them all is that they're moms and moms need a different level of support when it comes to divorce coaching. With my moving on method, you'll not only learn how to best support a client through their divorce, you'll also learn how to help support them as they transition into their new role as co-parents and managing a coaching business. I'm Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, Certified Divorce and Co-Parenting Specialist, and I founded the Moving On Method after years of working with clients from all over the world and seeing them all struggle with the same issues. In this training, you'll learn my five principles for helping a client with their moving on process, along with how to make your practice successful. Visit MomsMovingOn.com today to apply for my program.